For reasons of convenience and empowerment, and these are all good things, we've now pushed things that we used to do in physical space and maybe keep in a notebook or in a drawer or even in a safe. And now we've pushed it up here into this digital domain because it can handle scale and, and availability. And it's just great, but it's also very vulnerable. Even before the pandemic, the world has been rapidly moving towards digitization. We spend almost all our lives on the internet today. And even the mundane things that we interface with in our daily lives like our fridges, cars, coffee makers, and even our houses are now connected to the network. Whether it's Wall Street and the financial sector, utilities, uh, our air traffic control system, all of that increasingly is dependent on the digital uh, uh, base that they're working off of. This marriage between the digital and the physical worlds has vastly improved our lives and increased efficiencies all across the board. But it's also posing a significant security threat. The meatpacking firm JBS USA paid a ransom equivalent to $11 million after it fell victim to a cyber attack. Last week's cyber attack led to the suspension of cattle slaughtering at all of JBS's US plants for a day. The company produces nearly a quarter of America's beef, and there were fears that the disruption would threaten food supply chains and further inflate food prices. Cyber attacks are becoming increasingly impactful, and cyber criminals today can hold your data and systems hostage, threatening your business continuity. The ransomware attack forcing Colonial to shut down that major pipeline along the East Coast for nearly a week. Of course, you'll remember those long lines panic buying, leading to gas stations running out, sending prices soaring, and leading to major questions just how safe is our key infrastructure? The Biden administration is now warning businesses to protect themselves, saying no company is safe. If massive institutions like Google, Facebook and Microsoft can get hacked, what can you do to protect yourself from these hackers? Well, if you want to take a peek into the cybersecurity industry or simply learn how to safeguard your online data better, tune in. The government has to be able to not only work with each individual company, we've got to be able to pull those companies together so they're working together more effectively. And one of the things that makes this such a challenging problem is uh, all you need is one weak link. The key is to coordinate more effectively. Eventually, what we're going to need to do is to find some international protocols that set some clear limits and guidelines, understanding that uh, everybody's vulnerable and everybody's better off if we abide by certain uh, uh, behaviors. Welcome to THC, where we unpack the ever-changing technology economy. Hang out with Jed, Shikar, and Adrian as we tackle the industries of tomorrow. This is Things Have Changed. So we talk a lot about digital economy on Things Have Changed. I mean, we spend almost half our lives on the internet. We do this, we stream this on the internet. We have our phones open all the time, TV streaming, Netflix, Ubers on AWS, which is on the cloud. So everything interfaces with the online networks that we use today, right? So one thing that everyone has faced is the many freakouts you have when, you know, you forget your password or get locked out of your account for some reason. Either social media or your productivity apps like mail and messages, like 
it's hard remembering all the passwords that we need to keep with all the accounts out there. I mean, not if you use the same one, bro. Come on. Can you yeah. use the same password? I mean, that <laughs> is not advisable. But, I mean, you can't access your accounts. You can't access your data. So that is that is really significant because we live in a digital economy. So now imagine that, that freak out, but over a company-wide scale where billions of dollars worth of data and processes are unaccessible or even worse is being held ransom by some hacker groups. These hackers have just incredible ways to mask their identities and be able to find bugs, find loopholes in the system to get into your infrastructure and nibble at it. So why should I be worried? Somebody gets my password, somebody gets my username. You know, Bro, they get you to log don't need to worry phone. because, I mean, we know all your stories about <laughs> the shit that you have online, which is disgusting, firstly. And maybe the hackers just look at it and be like, this guy is not worth it. Like, Full visibility, is, dude. They don't got gonna, shit on me. He's not going <laughs> to amount before to anything. <laughs> he wants to get into cyber. Well, he has all nonsense online. We can just use anything against him. It's easy. It's easy to hack hack people like me. Yeah. You know? But I mean, it, it's why is it why is it kind of scary for somebody to have all your login information, right? It, it's it's quite obvious to think if somebody gets to log in to your accounts, they can do whatever the fuck they want, right? They're basically you when they log in with your credentials, right? And if you don't have some protective measures in place, that can easily happen. Yeah. And our data has been leaked so many fucking times, dude. I mean, how many times have you seen it on the news that Facebook has, you know? Given away all our our account information, our location, like where we eat, like what did we say to our friends, all the private messages we send each other. Yeah, there is a never ending cycle of risk when when somebody has um, your information, right? It's just weaponizing that information yeah. can be so scary. Like growing up, I guess um, Facebook was just blowing up, and the the torment. Torment is the right word here because, like, if someone gets into your Facebook and starts like shit posting, oh, I like this girl, oh, I like this boy, you know, it's freaking out. So imagine if someone does this to like a company as big as Microsoft or something, right? I mean, is that what you would tell your friends? You, you would tell them you would get hacked. That's why you posted that bullshit. Nah, I know that was all you, bro. <laughs> Sorry, guys, was hacked. Gonna create a new Facebook account <laughs> and start a new life. Yeah. I didn't actually post that racist uh, note. It was just somebody who hacked me. That's It's an easy <laughs> way out, bro. It's an easy way out. Yeah. But no, I mean, just think about the money that we use today, right? They're just zeros and ones. They're just bits. Like, you send money from one account to another. Yes, they are protected by the bank. But say you move it to another. Dude, someone can hack into your Robinhood account and just wipe your account clean. And they can't insure you above a certain limit, right? Or invest in Dogecoin or some bullshit like that. And then it tags you know? 70% in the next three days and they are laughing and you are crying. Yeah, I've been crying. I don't need a hacker. I don't need a hacker to tell me what happened. I, you, you don't need a hacker to lose money, dude. You do that on a daily basis. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're worrying about 
uh, getting hacked ourselves and, and thinking about the financial impacts it could have for you, you know, identity getting stolen and um, lots of different types of risks for you. But as you were pointing out earlier, like think about that at a company scale. Like ridiculous amounts of data are collected by companies and especially, you know, the, the information that you keep within your company that, that could be high risks when it gets shared to the public. Like just, just think about, okay, just think about the 10K getting out early, right? Think about all the cases of insider trading yeah, um, yeah. that we're seeing. And these people who um, have committed uh, insider trading, right? They had the information beforehand and they were able to make a significant amount of money from just the information that they had, right? And so that's somebody within the company, insider trading, who knows that the company is going to do well, who knows that the company is going to do bad, whatever. And then they, they trade their stocks prior to knowing that and they have some kind of financial benefit. Now imagine, you know, hackers who have access to a, a larger amount of data, you know, that can manipulate markets in, in different ways. If they had millions of dollars that they could put in a company that they just had the financial information for prior to them releasing it, that's a significant risk. That's what the SEC comes out and tries to prosecute, right? Now, these days, uh, we mentioned in our intro how uh, the world is getting increasingly connected. Like how many, how many hours do you spend on your phone a day, Shigar? I don't actually, because I know about That's bullshit. This, but yeah. That's bullshit. No, dude, <laughs> I have not, I don't, so obviously you're the Android guy, right? You just moved to Apple. So I've been pretty, you know, on this, just because I've seen um, issues of cybersecurity with my colleagues and my friends. My friend had his bank account wiped out because he used a shady ATM out while he was on a hike or some shit. And he, in, in a day... ATM on a hike? No, I mean, he was coming back. Cat? What is he, buying some fucking I drugs, think he, bro? <laughs> I think he wanted, like, I don't know, he went to a 7-Eleven, he needed air on his tires. Literally story, dude. Uh, okay. He needed $1.50, okay. the guy was low-balling him. The owner of the 7-Eleven is probably part of the cyber attack hacker group or whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so he withdraws money and like in two, three hours, he had his accounts cleaned out. You know, okay, the banks can put a case and will return the money because, right, you're insured. But in some cases, in some cases, yeah. yeah. But what the hackers did in this case was they took out loans on his name right away. Like, oh, which is shit. crazy. I mean, in a day, they had taken out loans and that hit his credit score. And, you know, he's still like reeling from that. And that incident happened three years ago. His mortgage rates, his car rates, all of that just shot up. So, you know, I was freaking out after that because it's it, it's dangerous. Yeah. The impact on your personal life is ridiculous. And now, like with companies collecting so much of your data, it just becomes more of a risk, you know, like I don't fucking trust Facebook anymore. Now to keep my data. How many times have they been freaking breached, you know, over the years? Bro, I, every, every day you're, I, I see a comment on Facebook with you, dude, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't trust it, but I'm on it. Come on. You can't. You you're can't always posting shit, shit on it's... Instagram. You use WhatsApp. You love Facebook. 
don't I'm know. I'm in that shit. I'm yeah, in that bitch. You... That's that's because I've been hacked so many damn times it doesn't even matter, bro. <laughs> I talk to hackers on the daily. Oh, we need your money. I'm like, bro, I'm broke. Uh, you took a, you took, yeah, stuff. You finished all my stuff. Dude. I took an L and I kept it. Yeah, I, I, keep I took the an L's. L and I kept the L. That's fine. That's another cybersecurity tactic. You just give everybody your information. What the fuck are they going to do? You know, you, you give them everything and then say, hey, please, <laughs> let me at least keep something. I already put it online. What the fuck do you, what do you think? <laughs> no, but as we think about, you know, our like mini problems, right? Think about uh, government agencies, right? They keep some really sensitive data. And they've been on the forefront of, of cybersecurity since the 60s, bro. I mean, you know, if you hack Area 51 or something, find out if they're actually UFOs, let us know. But, you know, those types of agencies where there's not just a financial risk, where there's a risk of fucking war, bro. Like, think about it, you know, the gathering of information, all the secret shit that the U.S. does all around the world, like crazy to think that somebody can hack into those systems and find out some type of, you know, security measures that have vulnerabilities in it. So it's ridiculous. And then you think about institutions that have large um, industrial systems. They're all connected. Right. Recently, what we've been seeing in the news is just a lot of industrial size yeah, attacks. Yeah. It's been a right? stopping entire meat plants, bro. Like that's kind of ridiculous to think they can stop the production of everything through a hack, through a, a line of code or something inserted yeah. in the right place. And also because a large, like a lot of infrastructure is just not secure yet. Like think about it, supply chains, a lot of it is still like folks at the dock signing off papers and allowing things to f pass through, right? Um, so the those systems that they have in place are not that robust yet. Or, you know, there are startups working in the space, but these legacy systems just have so many vulnerabilities. Like the way I see it is every software has bugs and you got to fix it the bugs to make it better that's why you know your instagram facebook has so many versions they send app updates to update certain things shore things up now you don't have that in legacy systems and the these big companies do not want to change imagine like i was at a company previously in my career that they were still using windows 7 because all the systems were on windows 7 and windows 7 release i don't know early to 2010s like when did windows 7 release so like these big institutions massive institutions have infrastructures that are so dependent on earlier versions of applications that are built and not the more secure ones yeah i think the age of the chief information officers chief information security officers are just coming to light like this this wasn't a popular thing in the 90s you know even if microsoft was hacked multiple times back in the day already like it information security is just not been put in focus. I feel like recently we've seen uh, a massive amount of cyber attacks because we've all gone online, right? A lot more systems have had to rely on networks. You know, the increasing amount of technology that we have in these spaces are increasing our connectivity, which are also complicating the area of cybersecurity risk, right? Because there's more opportunities for hackers to get in. It's usually an afterthought, you know? 
it's an afterthought for companies who design certain, you know, software or applications to think about how is this going to get attacked someday, right? So you're right. Like there are some, there are lots of uh, infrastructure uh, that's been created as part of, you know, industrial systems and whatnot that just aren't as secure as we'd like them to be demonstrated by the past few months of cyber attacks into these industrial systems, right? One particular one that you for sure, if if you drive a car um, that is still running on oil, you probably felt um, the increase of, of prices and you probably felt that in your pocket. Um, across the country, uh, people were already thinking about inflation. You know, like we talked about inflation a couple of months ago and, and how it was going to surface and it's, it's hitting all sectors right now. But this particular... Uh, price increase from from uh fuel or, or or gas prices right was caused by a particular event that relates to a cybersecurity attack there were some fuel shortages caused in the east coast um from a hack that happened to colonial pipeline right where this hacker group called dark side um the, held systems the DC villain dark side you wish, you wish that shit was real. D- it's a cool Omega name. Beam. I don't know how. Yeah, you you don't know where the fuck you're gonna go with that one because th- it'll it'll just find you and kill you wherever the fuck you are. Yeah, you, you can't are, run away you know? from it. You can be Superman. You can be Superman. Yeah. Get hit by that shit and be fucked. I think they really chose you know? the name well, like us. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a good Omega Beam. Yeah. They Omega Beam the fuck out of Colonial Pipeline. Yeah, That's what yeah. they did. Um, <laughs> they found them. They found them. Well, they had nowhere to run, dude. These guys are old school, and they paid a massive amount to these people. I think more, definitely more than $4 million. Wait, wait hold on. So um, they, Bitcoins. Darkseid, with their Omega Beams, that's uh-huh. a joke, but Darkseid kind of hacked the pipeline company, right? They didn't kind of. They, yeah, <laughs> okay. they did. They hacked they did. them all, yeah. like, they all in. They stopped systems, dude. They stopped chemical refineries from producing for two fucking days. Yeah. So they they brought them down to their knees, okay? This attack was successful in their eyes, obviously. And then they said, oh, we won't let you continue your fucking business unless you pay us this ransom. That's usually how ransomware is, uh, ransomware attack yeah. works, right? Is they hold certain systems in place and they're like, yo, you're not going to be able to operate and you're not going to be able to produce fuel in the next few days, you know? What, what so was the, they wanted a cut of their profits. What was the ransom in? Yes. <laughs> the only the only currency that can't be tracked, right? Well, to some degree can't be tracked and is decentralized. Okay. It's the hottest fucking coin on the market, bro. bro. Bitcoins, oh, bro. Bitcoin. Whoa. Bitcoin is so okay. 2010, yeah. dude. No, they've been using bitcoins for a while, bro. Hackers have been using bitcoins for these kinds of ransomware attacks for decades. So, I think just kidding. Like, uh, yeah, they they kind of used bitty on that bitty <laughs> on that stuff, but the um, addresses are all linked and they probably then converted the bitcoin to like a shielded crypto and then had a way to get that out but it's an increasingly popular model right i mean they just get into these legacy infrastructure companies so your gas uh, meat processing is a recent one they just get into that and it might not even need a whole lot of technical skill maybe a team of one or two or three max 
can yeah. just run the whole operation and just bank like god knows 100 million out of it out of for like a 30 right. minute i mean job. if you think about the risk right like we're thinking okay gas prices went up a little bit because there was a fuel shortage that's not just it dude they could literally have brought like mass transit failures for people who couldn't get gas. If we think about what happened in Kiev in, in Ukraine, like in, I don't know, was that 2015? Yeah. Where they shut down entire plants where people couldn't get literally just heat in the night. People fucking froze to death, bro. That's ridiculous. So infrastructure attacks, yeah. like if we think about just, you know, colonial pipeline, yeah, the US would have taken care of that to some degree. But if the attack was a little more complex that attacked multiple, let's say, pipelines, right, and stopped us all from getting oil for a second, like people just don't think about that. But that risk is fucking massive. And because these legacy organizations don't have, you know, a healthy cybersecurity framework um, that they follow, these industrial plants could experience some uh, massive ripple effects, you know, from this specific event. Because now they can see they can make a shit ton of money from that. The one recent was interesting, too, where they know to some degree, like the big, big tech companies have like legions Mm -hmm. of engineers working to protect their systems. Who doesn't? And then they jump on, you know, these legacy chains that you were talking about. And JBS was one of them. Now, what is JBS? If you eat meat, your meat is probably from JBS. It's a company that (laughs) basically, uh, I think quarter of the US meat production uh, can be attributed just to this one company. So they handle everything from like the slaughterhouses to uh, procurement of the meat itself to packaging and they send that out to your supermarkets and stuff. Food manufacturers in general are like, just like every other industry, right? They're moving towards a lot of IoT devices. A a lot of their systems are getting automated. Um, They're digitizing really quickly because when they found these solutions in other industries, they'll plug it into here without having a second thought. What they had before was a ledger and a fucking pencil. You know, now is this massive connected universe that they have in in their company. And who's going to be able to handle that if they didn't even have technology before that? They've gotten to an increasingly connected state so fast that actually poses that risk to them because they don't even understand how these things work, you know? So how can they secure against them? And these are manufacturing plants, right? They need sensors, to track efficiencies, productivities, throughput, yields, everything comes from the sensors that they have. And that information is stored in these networks, which, you know, the workers can access and pull that data from. Now, if that's not robust enough, the security protocols for that, you can get in. And there was this, was it down to just one password that was, that was accessed for this? I think it was, this was the, uh, hack where literally the hackers got one password and they got into the system. The, the the admin was probably like, you know, username was admin and password was password, something like that. The hackers just got in that way, <laughs> just ringing it probably never or changed guessed. It. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case with a lot of these companies is that cybersecurity doesn't come first. So a lot of this shit just you know, falls through the cracks. I mean, JBS paid out fucking $11 million in Bitty, in Bitcoins. <laughs> you know, th- this is a huge risk. Like food production companies, food manufacturers are are a great target because they are digitizing quickly and they don't have any cybersecurity infrastructure at all. 
So they're an attractive target for for um, cyber criminals, for hackers, right? So, I mean, I, I think the biggest problem with uh, cybersecurity overall, especially with these industrial plants, is that who wants to tell everybody that they've been hacked, you know? Like, for for JBS and for Colonial Pipeline, like, what is the incentive of telling people you've been hacked? Makes you feel relevant, I guess. There's literally nothing, bro. Like you don't want people to know your systems are insecure. I guess, right? but that's before this attack, who even knew JBS was a company? Right now we know, <laughs> bro. Are you kidding? It's bro. You heard about Solar Winds, okay? So when Solar, I had Winds not happened, heard. I had not heard of Solar Winds. I didn't hear about Solar Winds either. But they right, had but now we know. Fucking, yeah, we know that they're terrible. We know that they, they opened the back door at least to everybody. <laughs> But that's what I mean is that JBS wanted to be quiet about this probably. They would have preferred that because the nature of these these hack attacks, right, is that when you get hacked and everybody goes public about it, obviously you will think this system is unsafe. So there will be less incentive for investors to invest in you. There will be less incentive for customers to get their meat from you. Like what about the risk of business continuity for your customers? You know, how can they make sure they have meat the next day to sell to their customers if you're an unreliable source that will stop production at any point? So historically, um, businesses have quietly paid hackers like these Bitcoin deals. Like nobody wanted yeah. them to find out how much they paid in Bitcoin so that the hackers would would uh, stop putting their systems at ransom. Like, come on, bro. It's just it's scary to think that. A best the, the a great way to deal with with cybersecurity, right, is to share the information, is to share that we've been hacked and they use this type of exploit. For example, Microsoft, right? Microsoft um, holds a database, I think it's called MSRC, of uh, potential vulnerabilities to their software, right? That's out there. So this potential vulnerabilities you can keep into account when you want to upgrade your systems, if it's relevant to you or not, you know, or just fucking update it. Just update it all the time so that you know that the patches are getting fixed so that you know that whatever bugs existed in the past are getting fixed, right? Um, but companies that share this information, there's some kind of value to that, right? Because the way that you had designed your software, if you share that information and say, hey, listen, like this needs to be fixed, then people will have the opportunity to say, okay, I do need to fix this because this uh, impacts a certain part of my business. You know, and, and the fact that people want to stay quiet about it could hurt the communities because the cybersecurity community relies a lot on databases of, of uh, potential vulnerabilities, right, for every type of software. So it's better if people share information, but it's also not incentivized highly, which is a, a nice conundrum that you have in this industry. And you have these new companies that are actually like, doing better uh, like CrowdStrike they're a big security company and they openly called out Microsoft for their role in the solar winds hack um, I think the CEO just came and said hey you have antiquated infrastructure that's aiding in this right so it's even the big organizations are are being bombarded yeah bombarded with yeah. these with these really sophisticated exploits. Yeah, and you know, I'm reading I'm reading this book. Uh it's it's called This Is How the World Ends by Nicole Nicole Perlroth. 
And she's a journalist that that studied um, a lot of the cybersecurity exploits back in the day, dude, like all the way since the 60s. She went all the way back. But she got really into this through the Snowden case, uh, the release of that information, right? And what's interesting is like I learned about what's called uh, white hat hackers, right? Just hackers who want to do good. And so what they do is uh, they go into your system and test how nice. how yeah. um, how strong Robust your systems or, are. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to find Against, gaps. They're trying to find holes, system. you know. Yeah. So they can tell you like, hey, listen, like this is fucked up. You got to go fix it, right? Sometimes they hire these penetration testers, is what they call it in industry. They hire these penetration testers for banks, especially, to come in and test if their system can handle, you know, this bug, this exploit, or whatever, or yeah. find some place where they can. They can access a really sensitive area of your company, um, really sensitive financial data and stuff like that. Like banks pay a lot of money for these guys, even these, like these penetration testers. Like Tesla, you know, they have competitions. Okay, hack a Tesla and then we'll pay you $10 million. Same with the iPhone. Apple has these white hat hackers try to get into the latest iPhone and, you know, offer Price money. So that's one way where you could try to shore up your defenses a bit more. Yeah. Recently, they're finding out that the risks of getting hacked throughout these systems and throughout this ever more connected world is posing significant financial risks, right? Yeah. There are some of these exploits that are, are so bought and sold in the, the black market, right? And it will never see the the light of day called zero days, dog. So zero day vulnerabilities and zero day exploits. Um, pieces of vulnerabilities that have, haven't been discovered and for which they don't have a patch for yet. Um, and easily, this vulnerability can be turned into a, a zero-day exploit where they weaponize it against the company. Yeah, not, not so just wanted to uh, bring to light one, one instance, not this drastic, but basically folks being helpful, but also playing both sides in, in essence, being good and bad, I guess. So a lot of uh, if you're uh, if you follow all the stuff happening in the world of blockchain and crypto, like a lot of the blockchains are starting to get hacked. And what the hackers are, what they do is they hack them and they say in the code, they put, hey, you guys got hacked. We're taking 50 million dollars worth of deposits that you have in your blockchain. But if we had taken the whole thing, it would, it would be a billion dollars. So. We're doing this to help you, but this is our price that we are taking as part of it. So <laughs> they they have all the terms, they have the money, and you can't do it. You just you find the exploit, and then you just have to fix it. Right. So I'm glad that that's uh, coming into light, and cybersecurity is getting a whole new face in in these recent years. But obviously, we have to step up our game. So today we went over the basics of the cybersecurity industry and the state that it's in today. A lot of the previous attacks within the last year were eye-openers for people in industry. Industrial systems that have been hacked like JBS and Colonial Pipeline were warnings uh, for other industries and other players in the industries to get on their cybersecurity infrastructure. And today we discussed why those came into light. In the next episode of our cybersecurity series, we'll dive in to the industry of cybersecurities and the significant players in the game, like FireEye, Flashpoint, Fortinet, 
and the other companies who are trying to make the cyber world a lot safer. In the next episode, we'll go over how to protect yourself from cybersecurity threats and possibly also protect your small business since they're really at risk for cyber attacks. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our show this week. You could subscribe to us. And if you're feeling generous, well, you could even leave us a review. Trust me, it goes a long, long way. You could also follow THC at THC underscore pod on Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Things Have Changed. Things Have Changed.